Welcome to episode 236 of the No Proscenium podcast, the voice of everything immersive. I'm your host, Noah Nelson, coming to you from the No Pro studio, a.k.a. the kitchen table here in Los Angeles. This week on the show, uh, I'm stepping away from the host duties. Anthony is stepping up. You know, a little known fact, uh, little known fact, if you're a fan of Survivor and if you're listening to this episode, there's a good chance you are. You probably know that our own Anthony Robinson uh, was a contestant on the original Survivor Fiji. Uh, that was that was an incredible thing to watch as one of his friends way back in the day. Uh, and even more fun uh, to uh, <laughs> the cover story he had to tell us in terms of what he was doing. Um, anyway, uh, the 20th uh, the 40th season, because they do two Survivors a year, uh, and the 20th anniversary of Survivor dropped this week. And uh, like two weeks ago, uh, PG Law, who's uh, been on a bonus uh, episode of the cast before, and uh, David Spera, who is totally a big Survivor fan, and Anthony got together to talk about uh, the upcoming season and also about escape rooms. Shock. Uh, actually, PG played the hex room with us. That comes up in this uh, episode. And uh, a few other things, uh, just so you know, and Anthony's going to mention this too because get, he gets a little like set up. Um, uh, you know, content advisory for discussions of some stuff that happened in the previous season of Survivor. All right. Uh, I think uh, some stuff around sexual harassment. So just know that that comes up in the episode. Anthony will say that too. Anthony will get us set up. But this is the part of the show where I do the housekeeping and there's just a couple more things to do right now. No new Patreon backers to announce right now, which, you know, always kind of makes me sad because that's where the heart of our money comes from. Um, that's one thing to tell you about. Uh, but we do want to acknowledge our sustaining backers who make this whole thing possible. Like, seriously, um, this insane thing we do is only possible thanks to them. The sustaining backers are Mark Baltazar, Jan Budman, Paul F., Lonnie Hansen, Ari Hurston, Sam Kinkin, Sidney Guillory, Jeremy Charles Hahn, and Brittany. Uh, and also, shout out to Ari right now who's out there uh, uh, working on... Uh, helping musicians uh, get some protections in the revisions of AB5 here in California. Uh, and uh, you might have seen Ari uh, on like San Diego TV news or something like that, or making the rounds because he's been he's been doing the activist thing uh, for that community. And that's big. And I know there's a lot of people in our community who are um, affected by AB5 and who are uh, terrified of how it might all shake out. And just know that it is... If you're not following the uh, the freelance law changes in California, it is complicated as hell. And uh, if you are a freelancer or if indeed you're someone who uh, benefits from the work of freelancers, you do if you listen to this show, uh, then you want to get yourself educated about what's going on with Assembly Bill 5 from 2019, uh, which has uh, really rearranged the way freelancing works in California. And indeed, some of those provisions are being looked at at the national stage, and there's good parts of it, and there are not good parts of it, uh, depending upon your point of view. And that, folks, is why we have a democracy and how we have a democracy and why we need to participate in it. Okay, um, do-do-do. Anything else uh, 
housekeeping wise here festival and summit uh, summit and festival the festival's a bonus this year one day one day we'll reverse that uh here summit and festival is coming up march 27th 28th 29th in pasadena california uh we are lining up even more people uh, on the panels and a few things that are going on it's uh it's very very exciting there are badges left um uh, a, a significant number uh but not so many that uh the number of people who've expressed interest in buying will be able to get them so some deadlines are coming up next week uh we're going to open up some exclusive uh purchase windows for uh the nest which always sells out and for where the others are these are additional tickets that are a separate purchase uh, because the nest are uh, sponsors of our scholarship program this year and where the others are is featured in the pilot festival but we only have about 12 tickets in the pilot festival and they are going to be running that show uh in t the time around the festival so if you want to get access then uh and if you want to guarantee to either of those shows a great thing to do would be to participate in the pre-sale and the only people who get to do that are going to be badge holders. So if you've been holding out and figuring out what to do and wondering when you should pick up your badge, this weekend's a great time to do that. Uh, lock it down, get it rolling. And just remember, uh, right now there's about like one badge for every three people who want one. So, um, and those people have the code. So don't delay. If you're sitting around going, oh my God, I can probably buy the badge, you know, maybe like, you know, middle of March. Nope. Nope, someone will have bought it by then. So, uh, and then you'll be on the wait list, uh, hoping uh, that someone uh, has one to trade or something like that. So, uh, save, your, save yourself some headaches, save me some headaches, and, and lock the thing down. And if perchance uh, you've put in and you're like, but I never got a code, just email me either the no proscenium or the herefest account and we will make we'll find where your code went uh it probably went to your promotions tab be, uh, in your gmail because that's where they go uh which drives me crazy uh because uh you asked for them uh unlike this motorcycle um minivan wow that roaring sound apparently was a minivan someone Someone modded the engine on their minivan to sound like a Harley. What is going on in this world? Anyway, um, that's enough of the window report. Let's see. Did the Herefest thing let you know Anthony's coming on? Did the Patreon bit? Patreon.com slash no proscenium, by the way, to help us continue this thing. Um, we're... There's some other housekeeping stuff in the long run. I'll do it on the back end, uh, kind of bringing you up to speed on what's going on uh, out in the wider world. Uh, on that note, we're going to slide on over to Anthony and let him set up the show. Hi, this is Anthony Robinson of No Proscenium. Back on January 29th, myself, David Spira from Room Escape Artists, and PG Law, my fellow Survivor alumni, uh, got together to discuss uh, the brand new season of Survivor that just premiered this past Wednesday, uh, Winners at War. Uh, this represents 20 years of Survivor being on the air. Uh, it also represents the first time ever that an all-winner season um, has been battled out. Uh, it also represents the highest historically paid out prize money ever given out in Survivor history at uh, $2 million. So it's kind of a big deal for those of us who are fans of the show. Um, we talk about puzzles, we talk about 
the new season coming up, uh, and you know we give some guesses uh, about what we think is going to happen, uh, and you can decide for yourself whether or not we actually are on the money or not. Um, also, just as a note, we do discuss some of the things that went on in season 39, and that kind of uh, clouds around the history of Survivor, dealing with uh, sexual har- harassment and certain assault issues. So just be warned that that's going to be discussed for a little while, so uh, trigger warnings there. Um, so sit back, relax, and uh, hear us uh, ramble on and uh, have a good time. Hi, this is Anthony Robinson from No Persinium, and we are here on this wonderful uh, mini podcast with, from uh, Los Angeles. It's PG Law. I was a former survivor. Uh, I was on Survivor China and Survivor Second Chances, and I'm a huge escape room aficionado as well. And coming to us live from Newark, uh, Newark, New Jersey, is David Spira from RoomEscapeArtist.com. Thanks for having us, Anthony. Excellent. Thank you guys for being here. Um, cool. So we uh, we're here just uh, right before the. Uh, wonderful new premiere of season 40 season 40 of survivor uh which is uh winners at war they're doing an all winter season and we just wanted to get together with our uh favorite survivor um my fellow alumni because i was also on survivor uh, season 14 uh so long ago we're at 40 now i was in uh survivor fiji but we wanted to get uh um PG back on here. Uh, we had such a good time uh, with her and David talking last time. We wanted to uh, get together and bring, get the gang back together and uh, talk about uh, puzzles and immersive and Survivor uh, once again. So, um, yeah, welcome back. And, uh, David, welcome back. What have you been up to, David? Oh, you know, escaping rooms, writing about them. Launch. <laughs> we, we just announced our... Uh... We we just announced another tour to uh, one of my favorite companies in the in New, in New Jersey, really in the Northeast, Thirteenth uh, Hour, uh, which we have a few tickets remaining for. Um, and we also just announced that we're hosting Recon, the Reality Escape Convention, which is a convention focused on immersive gaming in Boston, August twenty third and twenty fourth. Those things have been kind of eating up my life. Oh my god, fun! Wait, so how does this tour work? Ah, so um, we've, for the past few years, we host these uh, these tours where we pick a location that has really amazing escape rooms, and um, we we sell tickets. We basically um, can curate a whole experience for people. We build teams for people, and um, we hosted the original one in New York. Then we did one in in New Orleans. Uh, we actually did two in New Orleans. Um, we did one in San Francisco last year. And uh, this year we have one coming up in Montreal that's sold out. And then the 1 to 13th hour, which is called Escape Immerse Explorer, the Hayden Farm. Because 13th hour's whole shtick is that um, you're visiting a farm of uh, cannibals. And oh. it's got kind of like a, uh, almost like a Tim Burton whimsy about it. It's not like straight horror. It's, it's kind of a playful horror. Uh, and there are very few companies that have as many games of this caliber as 13th hour has not to be confused with 13th gate which is also amazing down in new orleans so anyway this company is go for it no so i'm just so it's basically like so you just go and meet up with a bunch of other enthusiasts and do rooms together that's 
That's pretty much what we do. But in this case, well, we Lisa and I organize a lot more, um, and we get discount codes to different regional companies for the for the games that people can't play on the tour. This one is a unique tour for us. What we're doing is we're running a bus out of Midtown Manhattan out to 13th Hour, and uh, we'll play spend a full day playing there, and then bus everyone back because this company is amazing, but it is impossible to get to, especially for New Yorkers who. don't have cars. It's just not on any mass transit lines. It's kind of out in the sticks. Oh, and it's this okay. That makes a lot incredible, incredible gem of a company that nobody ever gets to see. So we've been wanting to host this tour for years, and this year we decided to finally pull the trigger on it. Ooh, that sounds like fun. How many rooms do you usually get through in a tour? Uh, everyone in this particular one will get to play four rooms. This is a one-day tour, and then we're organizing discount mm-hmm. codes for um, other companies in the area that are really good. And um, usually the uh, people who come on the tour then team up and go and play a whole bunch of other games uh, together. Um, most of the other tours we've run have been two- and three-day events, but this was our mm-hmm. first one-day tour. This is our first tour that's kind of focused um, entirely on one company. And uh, this this one's a little bit different for us, but uh, really excited about it. That's awesome! Like a two or three day, two or three days spent only playing rooms <laughs> sounds like the best weekend ever. It's it's fantastic, yeah. So that's what we have going on for Montreal, which is three days up in Montreal. We have sixty people coming out for it, which is incredible. And um, yeah, so that's that's what we've been doing as this little thing to build the community and also, you know, keep Room Escape Artists going. Uh, this has been brought to you by Room Escape Artists. Uh, no, okay. Um, uh, but, yeah. no, it's really, it's, uh, uh, but no, it's, it's, it's uh, it is a really cool service that you guys do. You guys, it, so, so PG, I don't know if you got a chance to check out their page since last time. Um, the incredible uh, resource that, that, that REA is and what he, uh, what David and Lisa do. Um, the fact that they, you know, basically rate these rooms for not just for content, but for safety as well. Um, and it's been kind of fantastic watching them grow and uh, expand. So uh, if you get a chance to check out their page, um, it's a escape a room escape artist, right? Dot- yep. Room escape artist.com. And thank com. you. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so PG, what have you been up to? I've been getting ready for, Oh, <clears throat> excuse me. Weather out here. Uh, I have been getting ready for just a big work event. So, this is really random, also. Is uh, every year in Tucson, Arizona, the small town of Tucson, it's the largest gathering of gem and mineral dealers in the world. Um, and so, I, I don't know if people know, but I'm also a jeweler. That's what my main job. And so, I spend two weeks there uh, selling, but also picking through like there's 30 different events all around this one small city during this one month. And um, they're like in the courtyards of, this is really bizarre. It's in the courtyards of like these old school motels. So people set up booths, not only around the courtyard, but then like in each room, they will push all the motel furniture up against the walls and set up like showcases. And you just walk up and down the hallways of these old motels and each room is like a little shop. Um, And so that's where I source all of my stuff. It's really kind of like bizarre and surreal. Dude, that, that, that's, that sounds that's really cool. That is, yeah. <laughs> that's my kind of strange. <laughs> wow. That, that, yeah. That, it's, yeah. Well, and you know, you'll see like these hippies selling crystals, and then next door will be some guy from like Afghanistan, and there's people from like Japan and just all over the world, and it's all 
mixed together, you know, like it's, it's just, it's, it's, it's cool. It's, it's, it's also, it's kind of like a weird and immersive in its own way. Like the whole, the whole town kind of transforms in a way. That's really cool. It's like, a, it's yeah. a jeweler's immersive experience. That's cool. I, I like that's that. it. <laughs> pretty much see that that's why that's why you took to this because uh because you're like oh i do this all the time it's just with jewels and it's kind of a weird, whole, whole weird thing I'm, i think i remember you posting pictures of that on instagram and it was like just digging your hands into like like sapphires or something some ridiculous thing like that um, yeah well you know i always said that i think that that was the reason why i figured i would be kind of good at survivor because like the way my business model is is that we um i'm at these shows and literally the person next to me, across from me, everybody, we're all selling pretty much the same stuff. And so you're competing for the same piece of the pie. So like all the other exhibitors, all the other jewelers, they're all like your competition, right? But because um, these are traveling events and we all travel together to the same cities, it's also like they're almost like your friends and your family. You have to help each other to kind of just survive, you know, when you're on the road, but they're still your competition. So nobody tells each other the truth. Nobody really helps each other in that way. And so it's this kind of bizarre relationship that I think is really similar to how you have relationships with other survivors when you're playing the game. Because you're like exactly, frenemy, right? That's exactly how the game is. Wow. Yeah. So, every, everyone's playing this like bizarre friendly zero sum game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Because it's it's not like when you're at a mall where you're like, oh, well, we sell, you know, our customers, we have different customers because we're selling different things. It's like we're all after the same customer. So you can't be too friendly. But at the same time, like I said, you're on the road. You help each other. Like, <laughs> you're all friends. I see them every week. <laughs> I'll get you a sale of this one. But, you know, I'm going to get that big sale down the road. So watch, watch out. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> that's, to that's totally what it is. That's... um. Man, see, this is it's it's stuff like that and knowing stuff like that, which is why there's certain games that I want to get a bunch of survivors to play, and I've been laxing because um, the new year has been kind of nuts. Um, I still want to get people down. Uh, I'm going to do it. We get this down to Crossroads Escape, um, to uh, uh, the uh, uh, psych ward. Yeah, it's a psych ward, um, and uh, <clears throat> that's just it's it's a fantastic game. That it, it is that it is like you know you are against each other, but you're playing together. But you're against each other, but you're playing together. Um, and, and that's, I know, for me, it was the first time I ever walked into like any of these experiences. And I'm like, that's what Survivor's like. Uh, I need, I need immediately <laughs> Survivor's to play this right now. Um, that was my first response. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll, we'll see if that happens. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, but uh, there was, uh, we, 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 we kind of came in this kind of um, with a rough idea what we were doing. Uh, I kind of hijacked it a little bit. Um, I know, I know David had a, had a, had a couple of questions you wanted to yeah. ask. Yeah, we'll just get things rolling. So, yeah. what you know, let's start with some escape rooms. Um, what, what have you guys played recently that has jumped out at you? Escape rooms, puzzle games, really anything, any uh, in that realm. Well, Anthony and I did hex room together. Did we talk about that the last time we did the podcast? No, that was after. I, no, was after we did the. Podcast. I think I think last time I was I was peer pressuring you both into going to do hex room. Hex room, yeah, and uh, we we did hex room, and that was. That was kind of that was kind of fantastic. So uh, PG, yeah, we we just got we went to Hex Room after uh, it came up. That we I've been hearing so much about Hex Room. Like since I first started doing escape rooms, people were like, "Oh my God, you have to go down there and do it. It's so cool." So I'm so glad we finally got to do it together. 
I think we freaked everybody out about that because it was like, of course, the survivors survived. We had, I think we had a lot of fun doing it. Um, <laughs> I've still never played another room like that one. It, it, it really is a unique beast. It's, uh, Anthony, we couldn't, um, can we help you? Oh, <laughs> Anthony, well, so you all get different roles. Yeah. As you go in, you get, you get roles from like uh, horror movie, like stereotype tropes. And you answer like, and you, they actually base it on like, they give you a little personality test that you answer. Yeah. Um, and so I got the rebel. Of course, of course you did. Yeah, we, 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 that was a surprise. Uh, and I got the uh, the prom queen, I believe it was. So it was like, and it was, uh, which yeah, which will come to no surprise as for a lot of people. But it was, uh, um, but we had fun. We had fun with that. That was just like I stayed in character. Like I had everybody. Like there's a point where everybody told me to shut up because like I stayed in character the entire time. Uh, uh, but, uh, I've I've been watching. You know, I was like, it's it's the one thing about me. It's like you know, I'm old school. Like you know, live action role player. So like, I'll I'll go in character. I'm like, I'm just gonna be in character. And I we my family just watched like all the Kelly shoes videos. Remember Kelly on YouTube, right? And you guys remember that at all? It's like you know, oh my god, shoes. I don't right. think I've ever seen these. Okay. Oh right, oh oh, the shoes. Oh the shoes. The shoes. Yeah. yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah, shoes. Yeah. Shoes. Oh, that. Wow, you're taking me way back. So uh, so you know, I'm the prom queen, and uh. You know, I'm not going to spoil anything, but like all I know is that I spent like the first like ten minutes going, "Oh my god, shoes, shoes! Oh my god, shoes!" And everyone's like, "Shut up, Anthony!" I'm like, "No, oh my god, it's so dark in here, and there's, oh my god, shoes, shoes! I just shoes!" And and then you know, then there's there's things that happen, and uh, and of course it was like, of course those things happen because I was being Kelly. So uh, uh, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun, and uh, uh, Noah Noah from uh, No Percentage was there with us, and Catherine, you got finally got a chance to meet Catherine. Um, and, uh, yes, um, Noah was the ringmaster. We put him in yes. the middle. In the middle. He directed. He uh, expedited everybody. Yes, he did an excellent job doing it. And uh, we had Will, uh, Will Cherry, who's uh, uh, currently with, been with Noah uh, or was with Noah now. Uh, they're all in uh, at the time of this taping. They're at uh, out Sundance right now, um, exploring all the VR that's going on out there. Um, but yeah, Noah's a really great ringmaster in the middle, and uh, which was good because we all were just talking at him simultaneously it was a little bit a little bit uh doing it and uh and kevin was there as well kevin from, from no pro um so it was it was a really neat chance to uh to jump in we, we kind of doused pg in like all of immersive all at one time um uh, uh which i think actually, i think this worked out pretty well so far yeah it was it was awesome it was it was really fun when when last we spoke pg you were re recommending doldricks down in orlando and uh, I had a chance to go, and it really lived up to the hype. We got to play um, oh, the three. We got to play uh, the three games that they had had open. They've since opened a fourth, but we got to play Super Bomb Squad and Captain Spoopy Bones and Red Sled mm -hmm. Redemption, and had such a blast. That place is hilarious. Red Sled Redemption. Oh, that's the Santa one, right? That's yeah, that's their Santa one, which is like their most traditional escape room. It it feels like mm -hmm. really old school escape roomy, but in Doldrix's way, they just you know they made it super charming, and it's it's entirely made out of toys. It's probably the cheapest build I, I've seen in a while, and <laughs> it's so good. It it's so good. The puzzles were really oh yeah, good. they do. I mean, they're they're just really good at what they do there. Um. So I did Captain Spoopy Bones with a bunch of survivors uh, because every August there is this big charity event called Hearts of Reality 
that's in Orlando and it benefits um, Give Kids the World, which is an amazing foundation. And it's basically this little resort for kids who are like Make-A-Wish children. Mm -hmm. Um, And so all the money from this charity goes to that. So I was, so I go there every year with a bunch of survivors. And so this year I did Captain Swoopy Bones with like Gabby and Davey, um, who else? Stephanie Gonzalez. Uh, I'm trying to think like who else? Oh, um, Biggie from Millennials versus Gen X. So I did it with like a bunch, I took a bunch of those kids um, out to do this escape room. It was, it was really fun because that one you start off like separated, like two teams and like, you're like locked up in different cells. Mm-hmm. How yeah, many people did you do it with? We were a team of four and we were coming Ooh, off of uh, two, two straight days of games. And um, we, it was pretty, <laughs> it was the last game that we played and we uh-huh. were just on fire. So Ooh, we, okay, okay. we, we kind of, we kind of sailed through through spoopy bones, but in like a real a, a, like a very lovely pace. We weren't we weren't rushing too much. We the only times we got hung up, it was really our own silliness, um, and we were we were just kind of a well oiled machine at that point, and right. had so much fun. And the 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 opening of that game is a riot, and the the last few minutes are are just really striking. It's go- oh my god the, the it's it's gorgeous like it's absolutely gorgeous. Um, it really is. You know, the bunch of the survivors that I took to do that room, like most of them had not really done any rooms before. Uh, oh, now and they're all spoiled. Like, <laughs> well, you know, and and not surprisingly though, Gabby was amazing <laughs> at all the puzzles. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. That doesn't surprise me at all. No. <laughs> Um, and you know, you know what was surprising is you know who really, really likes escape rooms now that we took was um, Carl, Carl who was also on uh, David versus Goliath. Oh yeah, yeah. With, yeah, yeah. So Carl, like I've taken him to do a couple rooms since then, like at another event that we went to because he keeps wanting to go. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So you're getting everybody hooked, yeah. and, and then because so, of course you know, like now they're all like, "Oh, this is how the, all these puzzles on Survivor work." Wait a minute, yeah, um, <laughs> it's like it, it gives you a leg up next next season. I, I will so, say, I mean, I feel like anybody who does Survivor uh, who is really into it, they they all like they like games and puzzles in general, right? I mean, you kind of have to. You're you're committing to like a pretty brutal game with a lot of puzzles that you have to solve <laughs> while not consuming food. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it it is really the best time ever. Um, uh, puzzle solving. So like haven't slept. So that's the thing. It's like if you get if you, those like those Russians did a couple of years ago when they uh, uh not Russians those uh, Americans did try to do the most escape rooms in twenty four hours. Oh yes. Oh yeah. yeah. That was uh. Yep. Uh, did we talk about that last time? No, I don't think we did. Uh, but I know that, that that's survivor. That's what survivors like. It's like no sleep, no no rest. Just go puzzles. Yeah, that was done by by four of my friends. They played twenty two games in uh, twenty four hours over in Moscow, and yeah, that that was that was quite the commitment that they that they undertook there. But goals, yeah, I goals had a little PG. bit of FOMO the weekend they were doing it. <laughs> goals, okay. We need to get you and PG in the same in the same place, and we guys do that again. See if we can beat it. Sure. I so, would. I wanted. I could do. 
I could do like five rooms in a row and like not get sick of it. <laughs> uh, that's that's how I am. I we the most we've done in in one day I think was eleven. And um, oh my god. Yeah, yeah. The thing is, as long as they're all good quality, I can just keep on playing. Um, but if you get a bad one in there, especially towards the end, uh, it usually just starts. It, it it usually starts a downward spiral for for at least someone on the team. And if one person goes into the to a spiral in like game ten, uh, that person can frequently bring other people into said spiral, oh, which is really? probably survivor like also. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> I'm probably, the, I'm like a junkie. I'm like, if it's bad, like I need to do, like, I probably will want to do another one right away because then I'll need like the good fix. <laughs> that That's how I I'm am like, give me the good I, stuff. <laughs> yeah, my, my rule for my team, especially for playing like a lengthy marathon is if you're having a bad time, just shut up. Just, just keep it to yourself. <laughs> It'll be over in less than an hour and then we'll be on to something new. Uh, just don't, don't bring the team down when we get out, you know, have a drink, so, have some, so have some food, whatever. Um, what was that? David, have you heard, have you heard of um, Blackwood Chapter? I have not. Okay, so this is something that I kind of just heard about, and we were actually talking about me and, like, my, like, normal, normal group. Uh, we've been wanting to do, like, some longer format games. And so mm -hmm. this is a company that they are doing, like, a whole weekend long thing so um i think it's kind of still in beta right now but like so basically it's like you stay you and like i don't know up to like eight people or whatever stay at like some house like a on a, almost like an airbnb or something out on the outskirts of la and then the entire thing takes place over the weekend so you like stay like overnight and like they feed you and everything that sounds cool yeah. So um, I'm trying to, so we're trying to book this and like they, they aren't, they're, they're so full that they're not even taking people until like, I don't think they have openings until March or April. Uh, so like we're going to, I'm going to try to, I'll report back after <laughs> if we're uh, able to get. I would love to hear about that. Uh, I'm in, if you have any space, tell me, let me know. <laughs> well, it's, it's kind of tough because it's it's also it's quite pricey, you know, just the way it works is it's a whole weekend and they I think they actually have to rent something. So it 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 came out to like five or six hundred, which actually if you think about it, is not that bad considering it's including accommodation and meals and basically like I don't know, like eight hours of playing each day or I don't you know, I don't know how long it's taking. Yeah, you are um, trying to get two kids in the Disneyland? Uh <laughs> get a family for the Disneyland. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so they did give us an option also i don't know if it's something that they're offering to everyone or it's because like you know because tommy reached out to them and he's also in the industry and um so they had also said like if we're able to find like our own house that can host like they can also try to set it up there for like a reduced price so i don't know if that's an option they're going to be offering mm -hmm. to other people as well you know but well, that's cool. kind of cool i just thought it was kind of cool yeah <laughs> Uh, I would love to hear about it when that happens. Yeah, yeah, I will report back. So let's uh, let's talk a little bit about um, you know Survivor real uh, kind of quickly. Um, let's talk a little bit about last season. How did uh, 
that was kind of a memorable one. Um, yeah, how, how, what, what are everyone's thoughts on, on, on what went down? Oh man, that was oh the um it was ugly. <laughs> the whole the whole dance the whole dance thing is that what you're talking about? Yeah, I mean that's that's sadly the thing that everyone's going to be remembering that season for, whether they want to or not. So I, I I guess if people didn't watch the last season, there was a lot of controversy over one of the older male contestants and his um apparently like inappropriate touching. You know, uh, and it was mostly, you know, it, the whole, it was so muddled. You know, the thing is, it, it, it really got kind of convoluted because, like, one of the female contestants had been complaining about his inappropriate touching um, for a while now. And then a couple other female contestants decided to use, like, kind of weaponized it because they basically made like almost a fault not a false accusation but they came up to her and they were like oh he's touching us too we're gonna like you know gang up on him we're gonna like join with you to vote him off and so she felt totally validated now and safe and then secretly they went to him they're like we don't think you're being inappropriate at all and in fact we're gonna work with you to vote her off so it got it was so messy and just it was it was just so like confusing and convoluted like all these different perspectives and you know people abusing it and like what is going on um yeah i don't know what are your like what are your takes on it just as like a viewer for me as a viewer it was it was just a really hard season to watch and i my assumption is that what was going on and i i always felt like most of the people on this cast caught a lot of flack that wasn't entirely deserved because the rules of the game are to deceive people and my assumption is that the, you know smart player behavior is when somebody is complaining about someone's nonsense that the smart play is to just, you know, agree. Oh yeah, you're right. I'm going to validate you. And if someone is complaining about the other person to just, just validate, I mean, tell me if I'm wrong, but yeah. that, that's always been my, oh, yeah, my that's assumption. Totally, that's totally, the, that's, that's perfect survivor strategy. It happens. I mean, when you are playing a game where people will vote you off because you snore or because, you know, you refuse to uh, dig a hole, a cat hole, um, go to the bathroom or, you know, uh, because they don't like the way that you you talk. Like people will find anything to vote somebody off for, like just to get it get the ball rolling. Um, I mean, I, I know like like uh, was it like my season with the Owl Man? The first thing he did, he turned to me. He goes like, "Because I can tell you and Earl that like I went to school. I, like I went to you know like, I have like you know all these big degrees from like you know Berkeley. Don't 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 tell Rocky because he'll, he'll vote me off." And he's absolutely right because the next thing Rocky was, I hate people who went to school. And it was like, okay, well, I'm not going to say where I went, and uh, Earl's not going to say where he went. You know, it's like one of the better educated casts in a long time. And it was kind of like, yeah, none of us are saying that we went, where we went to school because because we're going to get voted off. Um, so to give to hand somebody something really easy to put, you know, put a a, a target on them, um, or even do a reversal target where it was like they all want to get, her, you know, since they all want to get her off anyways, it was like, okay, well, she just handed us a reason to get, you know. That we could gang up on her it makes you know that's that's why you do that kind of yeah. stuff it's it's yeah, hard for me as a like, oh, yeah. oh please please you go oh i was just gonna say the problem is that kelly was like i don't want to vote dan she didn't want to vote dan off in the beginning you remember right. she was like yeah. even though like he's creeping me out i want to keep him around because i want to work with him well, yeah and, and also he's a perfect yeah. goat. 
he was a perfect goat. He, you know? he he was he was quite the goat. It's I mean it's it's just really hard for me as a as a viewer to have a, a like a visceral reaction towards most of the cast in the way that I feel like the internet well the internet is really good at having visceral reactions to people regardless of what it's based you know how much it's based on. But for me, you when you've signed up to play Survivor, you basically you've signed up to, to you know to be cold and hungry and to be to, to be gaslit for for you know thirty nine days if you're lucky. <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and it's like I I I'm seeing it as you know trying to imagine myself in their shoes, having partial information, having game mode on the t- on your mind all the time. It's it was just. It's very it, it's it's upsetting to kind of see the way that it all played out from so many different angles. Um, so now, as a result, they've had all these rule changes, and so they this kind of thing they're not allowing players to weaponize it anymore. Um, and I was wondering what you guys were thinking of that. Well, you know, it's just a bizarre thing, and I think these things are you. I don't know. I, I find it kind of weird. Like something like this happened to me on my season. Um, oh, really? Where, well, kind of. I don't. I mean, it's been so long now that I guess I can just say it. I didn't really want to talk about it, but, yeah. but like on in the first episode of my first season, basically, like one of the guys, the older guy, had said something to me along the lines of like you look really you look really sexy in that bikini or something that I thought was totally inappropriate and really creeped me out mostly because I'm like okay cool this is an older guy he's gonna be like I don't know grandfatherly or whatever and then suddenly it's like it felt like he was kind of coming on to me I don't you know maybe he wasn't but Mm -hmm. I just didn't really like it yeah and so I don't know I went and told a bunch of (laughs) I like talked about it to the people on my cast and so like I was like I want to vote him out um and they did you know and I mean and he there were other reasons behind it like like there were other he gave us other reasons to want to vote him out also yeah yeah. but um Mm -hmm. you know they did and then and then I remember thinking later on like watching it I was like oh you know what I'm glad that they didn't show it so in the edit they didn't show that as the reason why we voted him out. They they used a different one, like he, he wasn't really contributing like we thought he would, you know. And it was this thing where I remember I ran into a producer later on after the whole season had aired, and I was like, hey, you know what? I was like, I'm really glad you didn't go with the storyline of, like, Chicken's a Pervert. Because he's probably not. It may have just been in that situation, the comment made me uncomfortable. Oh, you know, like whatever, right? Yeah. Like like you mm-hmm. said, you latch on to any reason. And he was like, you know, we thought about it. He's like, but you gave us enough material to go with a different storyline and we didn't want to ruin this guy's life. Yeah. Uh, that was, I just yeah. remember that was like 10 years ago. Yeah. You know, and it's like the environment is so different now. Different and, now, yeah. You know, I, I think, I also think unfortunately, like, you know, I think that they wanted to kind of be relevant. Um, and so I think that they made it a bigger part of this. I think they went the opposite. They made it a bigger part of the storyline than it really kind of needed to be. This, this mm-hmm. is just from talking to a bunch of people. And I think, unfortunately, Dan kind of got, you know, really 
screwed. I mean, it's like, you know, like with anything, I'm sure there is probably some level of inappropriate touching, but in most cases, it's not, it's not as egregious. Like a lot of people were reacting like he had held her down and forcibly like molested her. And yes, like, I, I don't think it was to that level. It's, there shouldn't people shouldn't be made to feel un, like uncomfortable at all but it's just such a weird it's so nuanced you know what i mean and i think they really magnified i think it just got magnified and like blown out of proportion i don't know yeah. and also you know the thing that i think people forget it's not the first time that there's been that kind of controversy on survivor ever i mean it's like it happened no, there, there have been some way some way darker ones. chapters yeah. yeah i mean like uh you know things with hatch and sue you know like that whole thing uh with that um because you know he was he was naked the whole time you know so i mean that that was a thing there was back in uh way back in um uh thailand uh, thailand thailand i can go for the back yeah thailand oh. it was a big deal like there was a huge thing that happened in thailand i mean uh, with gandia and it was uh you know it it played out almost the exact same way as this except that he didn't get booted he didn't get booted out and it you know it, it was not yeah so egregious um but it was a thing um yeah, that time, was yeah. that to me was con- what happened in Th- in thailand was considerably more egregious than any than anything there's... else i can remember seeing in survive on any other season of survivor yeah. uh, there are clips of that on youtube yeah. and I... honestly for me they're they're hard to watch it's uh so we had we had a, we had a quick commercial break for ourselves um uh, <laughs> i.e we ran out of ran out of space on the hard drive uh so uh no we, so we were just saying real quick that uh yeah, it's this weird thing because it's older guys sometimes in, in, in Survivor that get a little creepy. Um, not all, not everybody, well, but there are a few people. But it's uh, you were saying PG that it's kind of a weird two-edged sword there. Well, well, so what I will say is that I think that it's a good direction that we're heading in with zero tolerance. So you know, it's it's also weird because the attitudes are changing. So like I I noticed in myself even I'm like, oh well, you know what he did isn't really that bad. It's not that bad compared to other things. But I guess the whole point is that it's you know, the 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 new viewpoint is like we really shouldn't let those things slide because it doesn't matter that he didn't like forcibly like molest or hold her down. It's still like people shouldn't have to be made to feel uncomfortable at all. Right. Um, you know, and that's that's the whole point. And so I think that unfortunately Dan kind of got sacrificed for that you know, viewpoint a little bit, the whole zero tolerance thing. Like I said, you know, and again in my first season, uh I don't know if you remember, but like Jean Robert was kind of being like a bit of a perv. He had made some really all, awful comments. Yeah. Yeah, you know, he was doing the same thing that they were basically that Dan was doing, which like inappropriate cuddling at night yeah. you know because look people are cold, cold and yeah. some people will cuddle together but it's usually a mutual thing there's certain people that you feel comfortable doing it with and some that you just don't and that's okay you know yeah. uh and i remember though the montage and the edit that they gave to jean bear was he's just a buffoon and everyone's laughing at him like going ew gross and then they kind of made it like a, a funny comical thing you know yeah. uh whereas with dan you know it, it it just took it just got really serious and it may also have to do with the way people reacted where some people were like just you nasty and someone else being genuinely like emotional and upset about it too, yeah, you yeah. know yeah i mean like it's it is a really weird thing with the show where people are basically you're forced into a situation where you're cold you will cuddle you will huddle like you say for warmth you're wet all the time you're mostly in bathing suits and very little clothing and 
you know, there are some people who have different things with space, you know, I mean, and it's just gets really, it gets really complicated because there's some people who have like zero space boundaries. And there's some people who have much mm-hmm. larger space boundaries. And there's some of us have subtle gradations of space boundaries. And some of us have like, weird emotional, you know, like, like myself included, you know, have, have weird emotional boundaries that like, there's certain things that like, I will tolerate and I will not tolerate. Um, it, and the thing, the thing for last season is like, we saw all of it. It was all of it. It was like, we had racial boundaries crossed. We had you know, spatial boundaries crossed. We had, we had, you know, like personal, you know, we had personal emotional boundaries crossed. We had ethical boundaries, you know, like there were, we, we got right on the edge a lot, so much stuff this season. Um, and, and I mean, it's, it's weird. Cause when you sign the little paper, when you sign your life away, it's, you know, I don't know if you remember it's that little thing that says, you know, what are you willing to do for a million dollars? You know? And it's like, what's the worst thing you're willing to do for a million dollars? And, and clearly, <laughs> clearly there's, there's some people who are willing to push boundaries, uh, to like almost the unsafe levels. I mean, the, the, the flip side about that is that I think people don't think about, is there are people who, who turn bully on, on a show or will make people uncomfortable to kind of get them out of their comfort zone to, to edge them towards being, you know, erratic. And I, I think it, cause mm-hmm. that, that is a, that is a strategy. I mean, like, I mean, that, that pretty much happened to you. Yeah. I mean, I mean, those guys are all nice. Like, like seriously, my season, like, I had, you know, I got bullied, but Rocky and I are good friends. Like Rocky and I are friends still, you know, like that happened. Um, but at the time, you know, it, it was, you know, I think that was kind of a little bit of a strategy. I think I know for, um, for Mookie, that was part of his strategy, you know, for these guys, it was kind of like, you know, find people who you can kind of will do what you ask them to do. And those who don't, you kind of push them around a little bit to get them, you know, get them worked up and get them off their game. I mean that's that's a poker it's strategy. Also, it's also a weird way of bonding with other people because you all find a mutual. You know what I mean? It's a yeah. weird thing, like where, like like I remember on my on a lot of my seasons, the one of the main ways I bonded with people that eventually became my allies was because we both hated the same person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's exactly it. Yeah. But, but you know they pick it's like we're gonna hate that person over there and that you know now we're best friends because we, we we both want to we both hate something. yeah i mean a common <laughs> enemy is a powerful thing in in games and in real life yeah 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 it really is and so i think unfortunately it, it that's where that you know and then you end up kind of almost bullying because it kind of helps bring you together a little bit <laughs> yeah and it just it gets i mean like i think it's sugar i think poor sugar her first season dude it was like, like Karina, you can't put Karina and Sugar in the same room still. Like it, it just, no, you, you can't do it. Like you physically cannot do it because the world, it's like matter and antimatter. And I love them both. I like, I, I love Corinne because she's like the strong, like strong, smart, gorgeous woman who just like has no fear and wants to do all the things. And then like, and then there's Sugar, who's this strong, smart, gorgeous woman, you know, who also wants to do all the things and is doing all the things. And they're both doing all the things, but they come in at, at completely different different angles. And and you know, I don't understand it. Corinne just like does not like sugar, <laughs> like and you know, and sugar uh, is like the you're being art. so diplomatic right now. <laughs> oh no, no. Well, when I say do not, I'm like I'm being nice about it. I'm 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 using Cub Scout language. Um, when I say when I say that she does not like it, like her, I mean like she loathes her. Okay, it's like like I'm not, like it's been how many years since they were on the season together? Right. And they're still, and she's still talking smack on Twitter. I mean, that's kind of how it works. It's like, it's, it's gone past persona now. It's like, you know, it's the stuff of legend. Um, 
and <laughs> and it's just funny because like i go like but you guys are like in so many ways you're so much alike it's just funny um uh but yeah, I mean that that's kind of how how that that happens. It's like we we end up with these weird we end up picking up these weird brands on 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 the show, you know, and you kind of like you insta label yourself like, you know, like and and sometimes it carries over into real life and that that gets it gets a little tricky and um sometimes we're branded by the show and that, that you know carries over. So uh that's kind of one of the things where uh I I I I'm a little concerned with how last season played out, you know what I mean? Um because there, there's like how many people that, that weren't that didn't show up for the reunion? There were like three different cast members who weren't there. Yeah. Um, yeah, that they they didn't they weren't on the yeah that they weren't at the right. reunion. You know, and uh, and yeah, the whole yeah. I mean it was it, it was a whole mess. <laughs> yeah. Um. So uh, you know. Anyway, you should we move it? Let's move on. Let's yeah, move on. So on, <laughs> on the subject let's of people on. getting branded <laughs> by the show, let's, let's talk about season forty. This yes. is, these are all people who are who have have big personas, and 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 most of them are big personas in in a generally positive way. So um, yes. yeah, what what's everyone's and, thoughts on this uh, winter season? Yeah, so and you know, if the listeners aren't aware, season forty of Survivor is going to be all. It's an all winter season. It's super it's exciting. All, yeah, it's nuts. And 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 I, and like I, I'm going to straight up say it. Like there's a bunch of us as survivors who've been talking about this for years. So like I hope CBS recognizes that we've been thinking about this, and I know these winners have been thinking about it for you know like the past like ten years. So um, awesome for them doing it. So so, so, so speaking of we... that, uh, yeah, you, let's 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 start off with um, I have a couple of questions. First is kind of want to okay. know who everyone is predicting as a winner. Yeah, I was just gonna okay. ask about winner picks. Oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> ask it, ask it, ask an easy question, why don't you? Uh, oh man, I I had such a hard time with this. Um, so let let me frame uh, this up slightly differently. It, it, I want I, I think we I want us all to pick two different picks for this. First is someone who is uh, you know of the people who are I think generally deemed front runners or 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 the big or big targets depending upon perspective and the dark horse lower key players. I'm kind of curious from, uh, you know, <laughs> to, to hear thoughts on both sides of this. So I think a dark, I think a dark horse is going to win. That's kind of my, I, 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 feel I like do the too. Big people are just, you know, but then here's the thing. Don't you feel like all of the big targets know that they're big targets. So they're going to band together and not let that well, happen. Maybe. I, I feel like the entire season is going to be just just 39 days of that scene from The Princess Bride, The Battle of Wits, um, <laughs> where like, all, all, all the glasses are poisoned and they're all just outsmarting themselves as they, as they debate which, you know, which poison glass to drink. <laughs> yeah. <it's> like... <laughs> My biggest fear is that everyone's going to be so afraid of putting a target on them that it's just going to be a stalemate. Everyone's just going to sit around like paralyzed. Uh, and not wanting yeah, to do but, anything because nobody wants to be a target. But you got twenty people who are all targets. I mean, like, how do you pick? Like, like seriously, honestly, like if I were on on this thing, like literally the two people who I would go after first, I would have be like, I just have to do it off a general principle: Boston Rob, right, and Sandra TS. Like, you'd have to go after after Rob and Sandra. I mean, everybody on here has played the game, played it hard, and won well. Like when you look at this list, it's like you can you might as well just call it all stars. I mean, this is an all star list. I mean, these are actual winners who you actually remember. 
you know i mean like and, and i know that sounds weird but think about it it's like out of 40 seasons uh 39 seasons of survivor you usually remember either the early boots or you remember the folks who like later late game players right you know those are the big memorable mm-hmm. people winners usually you know you go yeah so and so won and then it's like okay who won that season i don't remember but but i remember like these six people from the, i really loved these are all people that you remember like every last person on this list is is a memorable winner for one reason or another um and some of them because they played a couple of times and some of them because they were some firsts um i mean literally like i looked down the list and i'm like oh yeah that's right oh yeah that's right oh, oh yeah yeah um so like all these people are people who are who've played who are themselves huge targets um and i don't think any like i'm just going through the list real quick and like nobody on this game played an under the radar game like none of them could that's not true uh like well, i'm just looking like of, of the under the radar players i mean like there's like three these are all big players yeah quite a few quite a few of them like played pretty subtle games like some of them you know what i mean like like yeah. there's i think those are the ones that will actually they're going to be under yeah. the radar also like in this and I, I mean i think that's good for them yeah but i mean like when, yeah. when i think when i think of under the radar i mean like these guys people people have watched their season so they know they have an idea of how they played like they were memorable even if they if on the show they were under the radar when, when i mean what, what i'm trying to get is if on the show they're under the radar and the people who play with them remember them as under the radar everybody's seen all these other guys seasons at this point so the under the radar players even if they played under the radar that game that they played was a big game if that makes sense like they they weren't necessarily all out like you know like mm-hmm. you know they they weren't all you know rs or big tom you know it's like um <laughs> You know, they they weren't all like you know power players, but they were chess masters. You know what I mean? Like so, like you get you have people who are either chess masters or you know, physio physio social threats in this game. So that's that's kind of what I'm getting at when I'm saying like there's no under the radar players. Like playing under the radar in this season is going to be hard. Okay, I'm going to shut up now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I I wonder how much previous relationships and connections are going to come into play like there are some players who that's the big question you know like like honestly if they're smart boston rob gotta go first right he's got his wife in the freaking game yes Uh, i feel like he just has so many connections i think like him and tyson play a lot of poker together Um, oh yeah so you this know, is the first. Uh, this is the first season that um, first returning player season that um, people are the the viewers seem to be much more aware of the, the the pre-existing relationships and how those affect returning player seasons. So that's and and, and so there's been a lot of noise being made about Tyson and Rob and Kim and I think there's one other person I can't remember who all playing poker together. But they're good friends, yeah. Yeah, and I think that makes I think it makes a huge difference. Like, if you already feel like you're friends, you're you're gonna help each. You're gonna work together. Well, in in theory, in theory, you're gonna work together yeah. because I mean, it it makes it easier to, to to form. I mean, we used to talk about for returning for players who got to return. We talked about pre alliances, and I, I know did you guys do that at all when you when you went back PG or like kind of like people like you know when so you I... who, who were coming back, you like kind of talked to them. Ahead. 
Oh, every everybody reached out to everybody. I think I was at a bit of a disadvantage because before I did my second season, I wasn't really that involved in the Survivor community, and I hadn't been for years, um, and so that kind of sucked. But everyone still reached out. It's, I didn't have like a definite alliance going in, um, but you know, you kind of just you you spent a couple weeks like chatting with each other, just kind of saying hi and talking, and that's really it. And so that helps a little bit going in. You know, I, I definitely think that I felt closer to people that I had already met a few times, you know, prior to going on. Like, so even with my limited experience of like pre-gaming, um, I think it helped. You know, with other people, I think it maybe made it worse because you have these alliances and then you go out there and then maybe you realize it's really not the best thing for you. And so when you have to break them, then it is can kind of backfire because then people are extra hurt, you know? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, layers on layers yeah well also too, <laughs> uh, like the same the same problem with, with blood versus water it becomes personal you know i mean there's a husband and wife team out here you know so it's the husband and wife a lot of these guys are best friends some people were you know best men at other people's weddings you know uh at some point some of these guys are roommates with each other you know you know it's one of those things that are like like blood watching blood versus water was a hard season for me because I know all the like I've met a bunch of people, you know, like like wives and, and brothers and cousins. So like, you know, um it, it it's like, you know, uh like I'm I'm friends with both Rupert and Laura. <laughs> you know, it's, so when you see people, you know, who don't know them, you know, kind of dragging them, it's it's really hard to watch. So I mean, it's such I think it's such a liability having a loved one out there. I think that's why Tyson was able to win his season because it helped that his loved one was wounded off early and then you're suddenly a free agent right yeah right exactly you don't have to protect them you don't have to worry about you know how they're doing my my assumption is that rob or amber will go early that neither one of them it, it, it's not it's not likely that both of them make the merge i i think it would be it would be incredibly like it would require a level uh, a lack of awareness on the part of so many people for them <laughs> both to get through to merge that i i find it i and given the people who are playing this season, and I find it very unlikely. Uh, okay. <laughs> so are we ready to um, do our picks? <laughs> let's let's, let's do it. Think. Let's, oh, God. Yeah, let's do it. it. Let's, let's start with, let's start with, um, you know, the, the, the dark horses. So for my dark, my dark horse, I think uh, Denise. Mm. I, think, I think. Is she, is she really a dark horse? I don't know if she's dark. She's actually, oh, go, go ahead. Go, go. Yeah, go ahead. No? Well, just because I feel like, you know, it's not like in her season, it's not like she controlled, she wasn't like puppet master in her season, right? So it's not like, oh, I controlled every vote. She's so dangerous. Like she manipulated everybody. I don't think that's really how, you know, she ended up getting through to the end. I I think she's just so well-rounded in general. Uh, she's very likable, but I don't, I don't think she's seen as threatening. I, I mean, she has the distinction of being the only winner to ever, I think the only person to ever go to every single tribal council in her, <laughs> yes. in her season. Season, yes. Like, yeah. I mean, to dodge that many bullets is impressive. Uh, but again, it wasn't I like she was like, hanging just... out with Idol. <laughs> no, but it's, I think it's, she's, again, she's just kind of a slightly underestimated, you know, maybe she's, she's older, she's a mom. Uh, I think she's really, 
relatable and really likable mm -hmm. to a yep. lot of people. She'll get along with the older people, but she's kind of like the cool mom. You know what I mean? She's a sex yeah. therapist. Sex therapist, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. She's super fit. She's, mm -hmm. you know, I, I just, I just think that she's really likable and she'll just be one of those people that'll kind of just keep squeaking through until the very end and make a lot of friends along the way. Yeah, well, I, I fully agree with you. I, although I, I mentally had classified her as, as a major threat. Yes, yeah, same, same here. Because <laughs> I mean, the thing, the thing, thing is, like, she's the key word in there is like not the sex therapist part. It's that she's a therapist. She knows how to listen. She knows how to listen and and you know not judge, but listen, critique, and and move from there. You know, for somebody who literally her job is to listen to other people talk and to uh -huh. diagnose, right? It's like that's a huge advantage on the island. Just you know, because people are gonna tell you stuff, and you 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 have a leg up on knowing. It's like okay, well that's this thing, and that's what this is. Like oh, what are you really talking about? It's like if you can get somebody to open up. I mean, you know, like information is like the biggest currency out there, and if you get somebody to open up to you about what they're thinking, how they're feeling, which way they're leaning, you've got a huge advantage. And I think that's that's her that's her skill that she, that she brings in. Like, so she's a physical threat who's also a great listener that's dangerous you know so that, that's kind of that's I call right. that music, right? so. uh, what, I, I, I totally valid pick I, yeah anthony you want to go um my my dark my dark horse uh danny boatwright um i think she's the only person on here who i don't remember i don't know if i've actually even seen her season guatemala guatemala so it's an, it's an oldie but a goodie that was the first if i remember correctly that's the first idol as the first uh, hidden immunity. You know, she was, she was Jeff Probst's dark horse pick. No, oh, wow. That's, see, yeah, yeah, I read that too. <laughs> oh, see, I, I didn't read. So, but, <laughs> but see, but the, and the, and the, and that's the thing. It's like her whole thing is like she was also very aware her season, but like it's been long enough that a lot of people don't remember who she is. She's been out of the spotlight long enough. You know, she doesn't really go to. You know, she doesn't really go to a lot of events, and she's. You know, they're not going to be thinking about her. Um, and she's really a person who, um, who kind of played the game by the seat of her pants last time, and she just recognized things when they came up. I think it's going to happen again, and and if she gets deep, it's going to surprise a lot of people. My my pick is Michelle Fitzgerald. Uh, yeah, I think that yeah. I think that she is. I think she she played a really great game, and I think that she. She gets she she gets knocked a lot in the community as like not having like been a particularly great winner, but I thought she played from behind really really brilliantly, and she played you know she she played a little bit of that you know that shield game, and I think that the temperament that she showed in her first season is gonna be, well I, think she, yeah. I think she's one of the few people who could copy and paste her game from before and, and have it yeah. still serve her really well. Um, cause I, cause it's not like, like she can play like Jeremy did, but nobody's going to pay attention to her playing that way. But if Jeremy plays the way that Jeremy did with, you know, putting out large, you know, making sure there are always larger threats, um, he's just going to get called out on it. Yeah. So yeah, she's, she's my yeah. pick. It's a good pick. Um, so um, among the, you know, the, 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 the big famous threats who's, uh, What's everyone thinking? Uh, <laughs> so, so if I'm going to go for like one of the bigger threats, 
I think, oh my gosh, this is so, <laughs> there's so many to choose from this category. <laughs> right? Oh, there really, uh, <laughs> really are. This would be a good season. I think somebody like, I, I know, I want to say somebody like either Parvati, maybe Tyson, I think for the, you know, for a recognized threat, I think Parvati or Tyson. Yeah. I can't really pick between the two of them. It'll, it'll be Tyson. Uh, Tyson, I, I think, yeah. Well, because I think Tyson has a lot of friends on the cast, and he'll, you know, he's smart enough to know that uh, he's a threat, so he, oh, hello? Yep, you're sir. Yep. Oh, sorry. My headset is dying. Um, You know, I, I think he'll definitely align with Boston Raw, but I think between the two of them, you know, people will be gunning for Boston Raw before him, and so if they're smart, then they'll find other people to also shield them, too. So, like... You know, I, I think out of the big threats, he's maybe not going to be seen as that threatening. Um, but I think he's pretty wily. Uh, yeah, I, I have a feeling he's going to go pretty far. I, I hope he goes far because I think he might be the most entertaining person to ever be on the show. <laughs> he's, he's up there, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and that makes, a big, that makes a big difference at camp, too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. Um... Like yeah, I, I agree with you that Tyson's the big, the big, like the big recognizable threat. Um, in, in no smart because he's a lot smarter than people give him credit for. You know, he's. he's I, a, I think he's a phenomenal he's player. Yeah, he's a phenomenal player. He's smart. Um, and the fact that he's gotten he's deep pretty good at in the challenges, game. right? Yep, he's he's a, he's a physical threat. He's a he's a social threat, and he's a you know, he he's a mental threat. I mean, he he's got he's got he's got the marks there, and um. He's, you know, uh, it's like it's like he's such a threat, but you don't think he is because he really just comes off as like the class clown. Yeah, he comes off as goober, and and but that's that's why people don't don't think about him, and that's that's kind of why people get in trouble when I mean how, he he's won one and he got all the way to the end last time. So you know, it's kind of like you know what are you, what are you gonna do? I I do think that he's the type of person also at this point though who you could manipulate him into trouble like. I feel like you could steal food and blame it on him and totally get away with that lie. <laughs> In fact, that's what I would, that's what I would be doing. I feel like we which winner here hasn't stolen food. <laughs> yeah, but he's, he's, he's famous for it. Uh, that's, that's also why like, I, I, I think Parvati is one of the, is a phenomenal player, but I don't think she can win. And the reason that I don't think she can win is that, um, the, she she has become that archetype, and, and basically any time a a, a a attractive female player is, is in someone's sights, they get compared to poverty, and then they get voted out really quickly. People like like to throw that around, like just throw her name around as a threat. And I can't think of very many other players who just get casually brought up uh, as like a an arch like an archetype label that gets <laughs> gets dropped on people regularly in season. Branded. See? I also think she's different now because she's married she's, with a kid. Yep, she's a mom. Yeah, she, she is, and it's. I guess the big question for her is: Can she? Can, can she? You know, achieve liftoff? Like, will people let her get a game going and let her redefine herself, or is she just going to get axed really quick? Well, I think I, she will. I mean, it's you know, she's she seems like a totally different person than the last time she played, which she really was quite does. a while ago. Yeah. Well, I mean. I, like I've hung out with poverty uh, a couple of times in between. And um, when she did it around the world for free, she stayed with me and my family. 
uh, for a hot mm-hmm. second. Um, so she, you know, she met my wife and, 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 and my, my, my son, my oldest son, by the way, Parv, if you ever listen to this, thank you very much for teaching them how to open thing, open jars at age two. <laughs> thank you so much for that. That made, that made, that made life, uh, that made life interesting for a little while. Uh, <laughs> all, all these bottles open. Um, but, uh, uh, it, it it's it's one of those those funny things like like watching her from you know from cook she's grown up she's grown up a whole lot um and you know now that she is she's married she found love she found a kid you know kid found her depending on how you look at that she found a kid she took him up took him home um but it's uh it's one of those things where her original game both times coming in she played as you know the young young carefully carefree flirt and she lived her life really carefree for a long while you know like she traveled and she hung out and she lived on couches and she did all that things she's settled now and it's one of the things that the advantage of people who haven't played in a while is when they come into this this game having grown and having coming in as a different person um it allows you to change your game up um and for her, I think it's it's going to change her. It changes her brand because the brand that everybody remembers is you know twenty something perky, cute you know black black man kryptonite girl. You know it's like they you know they remember they remember that parv. But now we have a new parv that comes in who is you know married married mom. She's coming in with a ring on her finger this time, guys. You know so you know she does she that's a different game. Like she can't play that same game, and that that opens her up to have any any new number of possibilities what she's going to do so uh i i think it gives her some power there i i hope so so my my pick is uh and i i'm less confident in this since hearing all of the pre the the pre-show interviews and hearing like half the cast label her as (laughs) as one of their biggest threats but kim spradlin is my personal favorite winner Mm. um and so i I really, I really want to see Kim be able to to actually get a game going because I and and I'm if she does I I I'm, I'm I'd put my money on her. Nice. Well, yeah, she played I in a very unique a, season, I think. She played, she what? played in a unique, a unique chaotic well, season in Survivor yeah. One World. Yeah. So uh, you know, and and she started off with her tribe was like it was all women, right? Uh, all women yes, sharing women, yeah. a beach with 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 some of the most unusual dudes. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be really interesting to see how she does in kind of, I guess, a more normal format. I mean, as normal as this really normal is. As it's gonna be. I don't know if it's going to be all that normal. Uh, what's, what's, what's the word? It's going to be what? No one's getting voted off after three days. Like it's, it's not the normal like three days in boot. So I'm curious to see what, that, right. what that's going to be about. Can we also talk about they have a new mechanic this season also? Were you guys talking yeah, about the, that? Yeah, the the fight the fire coins. Oh yeah. Yeah. So yeah. do you do you know how this whole thing works? Because I kind of have a rough idea, but I'm not really I don't I'm not really fresh I, out on all the details. I have a rough idea as well. I I don't know that anyone has it really has all the details. Yeah, it's it's, um, it's a rough idea I have. So go for it. Yeah. So, Basically, there's like there's, an Indian it, currency, right? Yeah, there's there's some kind of currency that you have to will to people when you get voted out and sent to 
Exile Island, or sorry, the Edge of Extinction, which is in play this uh, once again. Ugh, yeah. Of course yeah. it is. <laughs> which is <it's> like, <laughs> yeah. winter, winners with the Edge of Extinction. Edge of Extinction is going to get really crowded really fast. <laughs> so, yeah. 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 Nobody's going right. to quit. Uh, I don't uh, know what they're thinking. Like, I think they're banking on that. I think that that's the whole, you know, that's their hope is that like when, when, when Tyson and Rob and Sandra all get voted out, that they can still have, you know, have them narrating whatever nonsense is going on on that. <laughs> on, on they're like, we're really going to get our money's worth out of this $2 million pot that we're. Yeah. <laughs> $2 million pot guarantee, you know, guarantees because they're, they they're having appearance fees for a lot of these guys. Um, yeah. It's uh yeah, I, when I heard that they're bringing it back, Edge of Extinction, I was like, uh, okay, you know, like, I I would love to see more happen over Edge of Extinction. Like, there needs to be like there needs to be like another game of Survivor going on over there, like a real game of Survivor. You know, I, I think the most exciting thing when that when that season uh, went was when they had like the drops of information. It was like, okay, we can they had to run around again. Like, I think that oh my needs god, to be it was like a again. giant escape room over there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> My feeling is like if you're going to have a whole game within the game and barely show it, that's like that's really frustrating. So I almost wish that they would, you know, spin up a web series or something and give us like even even like 15 minute episodes of like Edge of, you know, what's going on on Edge of Extinction each week or something like that. This week on Edge of Extinction. Because they got Rob, the cameras there. They, they're, they're recording the footage. It's Rob like, picks his toes. <laughs> yeah. For 14 hours straight. <laughs> <laughs> And you know, one of my favorite was the whole montage of the like the kind of scavenger hunt of um, when who was it that found the last idol? Uh, you remember, like I, in the yeah, last that, season? yeah, no, that, and that's exactly what I was talking about. It's like you know when they had that huge scavenger hunt. Yeah. I mean, that was that was the coolest thing that happened over there. You know, it's like I want to see that so happen like every, every yeah, week. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, like like I want that to happen. Like that yeah. needs to be the thing that happens every episode. And he's like, okay, now the scavenger hunt happens. Yeah, the the dean the dean uh, yeah, dean doing Boston Rob scavenger hunt was was super entertaining. Uh, By the way, can you guys hear me? Okay, my headset died, so now you, I'm just kind of on you're coming through just you're, fine. You're, you're just fine, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um, one other thing that's coming back is um, they they said that all of the uh, challenges this season are going to be throwbacks. So are there are there any particular challenges and specifically puzzles that you guys would like to see brought back from, from past years? Huh? Well, I have to think about I puzzles. Know. There... I, I know what challenge I want to see come back. I always talk about this. Go, go. My favorite yeah, challenge uh, was the final three challenge. Remember the final three challenge? Remember when that was a thing? Um, it was, uh, I know everybody hates it, but like Thailand, Survivor Thailand, the final three challenge they were holding that traditional, like, you know, that weird pose, right, where they're bent. And they had them in, like, this mm -hmm. bamboo rig, this bamboo, like, rig where they had to hold that pose with coins between their fingers. And it was, like, oh. as you went on, it got harder and harder to hold them. And so you basically had six coins, and, you know, every time you dropped one, it put you close to being out. So you had to, you know, whoever had the most coins at the end stayed in. And so they, I think they went for, like, six hours or something, like, some ridiculous time, you know, like, crying because it was so painful <laughs> uh like i want to see that challenge can we have that challenge back in i want to see that i want to see this like a, i want to see this like like the merge challenge you know like that needs to be like number 10 you know it's like we got 10 people up here welcome to the merge go and you know 
Yeah. I like the I like the final challenge being one of those like you know how how bad do you want this kind of challenges, uh, which Australian Survivor has has kind of picked that yes. up from from the early days, and they've they've continued to maintain that. Yes, like really just simple stuff. Just, just like, like have your hand on like an idol. <laughs> Yeah, last yeah. last person to remove you know remove their hand you know wins and they you know they stay you know they they stage it kind of like they did in season you know in season one where it's like you know they're on on a on a beach with waves crashing and you know against it you know on on some rocks or something like that and just this, an obnoxiously uncomfortable position and it's just pure <laughs> pure willpower. Yeah, right. I mean, because because uh, now it's like okay, we made it to the final four. Okay, we we do one challenge. It's, you know, whatever that challenge is, that neat challenge. Then it's like okay, we have final three. We have three people. See, so you, you know, like I I really I really like the how bad do you want it challenges. I'm I'm weird. Okay, I like those. Like how bad do you want it? Can you sit there? Can you do it? It's like yes. Um, oh, so, I just like anything that that makes me. I just like anything that's funny. So like I want to see them bring back like like either the auction or like the gross food challenges. Um, <laughs> Because <laughs> I'm a sadist. <laughs> I, I'm, 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 yeah, I'm not a fan of the personal, personally a fan of the, the gross food challenges, by the way, if you don't remember. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I, I get where you're at. Where you're at. Um, uh, I, I just, uh, yeah, I, I, lo I love to see the auction. You know, the auction, I miss the auction. I think the auction should be like a later thing. It happens much later than they, than they do it. But it needs to be for like real things. You know, like here, you get to have like an actual sleeping bag or, you know, like you know, you get to have rations that you get to give to other people or even better, like here, here's your own personal, uh, you know, you know, like whenever they do like cool luxury things for, for the auctions, but they need to be like, Oh, and this one's an idol, by the way, we're going to say that it's an idol. Go. <laughs> it's, you know, the last <laughs> thing comes out. It's like, yeah, it's an idol. It's only good for, you know, for one thing. And, you know, for the next challenge, you don't have to, you don't have to do the challenge either. It's like, Oh, um, well, they should mix it up with different things. They're all envelopes. And some of them are like, you know like disadvantages or you know they would maybe be like right, you can yeah. take somebody's food that they've already like bought so, like if somebody has is eating a food you can take it from them like right now like that's right yeah <laughs> so that's what i would like to see <laughs> nice see pg's vindictive i love it it's great. <laughs> <laughs> well you know i feel like there's a lot of weird gameplay that comes into it when you can like trade and take things and then people have to be strategic about do they take it or not am i going to make an enemy or not you know what i mean like i think mm -hmm. i don't know I, I like i like seeing those kind of like machinations <laughs> oh, that's that's like like the family visit where to me watching it winning the family the the uh the the, the reward challenge during the family visit is it's such a kiss oh, of death. Worst. It's almost as bad as the car. Yeah, the car challenge. How many shoes back, do you back, take back when they used you? to do? Yeah, that's our season. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh yeah. Here, here's and now that this time around they're gonna. So Tyson was the Tyson apparently like lobbied the producers to be able to create a, a means of bringing out minors because he wanted uh, his kid to be able to come out during a season, which is how Dan was able to have his son come out last season uh and so now they're also going to have kids coming to these challenges and it's just going to add so much more pressure because like it was already bad enough you know when when somebody didn't take someone's you know let let someone who had their spouse come out yeah well that was like what was his name uh, boston uh not boston rob but uh, uh i can't remember his name uh when his son bought remember his son's name 
no, I remember his son's name, uh, son's Boston. And why can't I remember? It's one of one of our great all time, uh, uh, total wonderful freaks of Survivor. He's a like, uh, Shane. When Shane's son Boston came, oh, out, Shane. you know, <laughs> and, and and we saw Shane just completely loses ish for the first time. <laughs> it was like it's like you know Shane's been this complete you know like wall you know and you know his kid comes out and he just like loses it. I love to see that late in the game. So yeah, having kids out there and going like, yes, and I'm going to rob you from your victory and I'm not going to take you on the tra- thing. Say bye to your son. Ha. Um, <laughs> yes. Yes. Let's do that. Let's, let's have that. Uh, um, good luck, Tyson. Get your kid. Get your kid. Yeah. So. Oh man, we're mean. It's <laughs> all right. Any last thoughts on this season before we uh, kind of close things out? Uh, no, just I'm just I'm so I'm th- you know I can't remember the last time I was this excited about watching a season. Yeah, it's it's been a minute, and um, this like this will be a lo- this will be a lot of fun. I think this season's gonna be fun. Yeah. It's gonna be brutal. It's gonna be amazingly brutal. <laughs> um, yeah, I I hope I hope that it's brutal. Yeah, in a good. I way. hope that they really. I hope that everybody really brings it. So, all right, let's bring it back to escape rooms for one last quick question. Um, real quick, is there anything that you guys have heard of that you are really eager to play? Um, um, I know from out here in LA, I'm really looking forward to uh, going to check out The Fortune Teller. Um, I've heard good things. Oh, I beta tested that. It was so good. Oh, well, see, there you go. All right, so so we have two, two for Fortune Teller. Um, yeah, uh, right. level level games, right? Up in yeah. North Hollywood. Yeah. So I, I love level games. Level games uh, is probably really, my, like this, this one of my favorite companies. I yeah, Doggy Dog. It's a Doggy Dog World is one of my go-to examples for like how the power of whimsy. Yeah. Really, I haven't done that. Like they well, they re, they've redone it, right? Oh, have they redone it? Um, I don't know if they redone uh, it. I know, I know a couple people just did it. So let me know if it's still still around, you should go play it because it's amazing. Um, Basically, the premise is that you and your teammates are are dogs and your nemesis, the mailman, stole your favorite red ball and you want it back. (laughs) (laughs) uh, And everything is from a dog's perspective. Everything is, you know, look, things are oversized and it's it's just such a delightful game. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm yeah. really excited for when Palace Games in San Francisco opens up their fourth game. They've been working on it for forever, and I am so <sighs> eager to see that thing when it opens. I have not but, been um, able to do. I have not done any of them. I'm going to have to organize like a field trip with my group. To, oh, you, you've uh, got it. To Palace Games <laughs> kills it. Yeah, love what they're doing. But I would say at this point, wait until they open up their fourth game because just knock them all out they're all fantastic and and then i'm gonna be out in uh in la for here so maybe we can all try and get together for a game or something excellent yes for the here festival when are you coming uh march into march march 27th through 29th um yeah yeah it's uh check check uh the no person website there's more information on the here festival um it, it is both a uh, like how I teed that up for you, Anthony. Oh, I like that. That was pretty, that was beautiful. Uh, and uh, uh, let's 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 do some games. That'll be really fun. Definitely, it'll be yeah, a lot of we fun. We should definitely do it. All right, David. Cool. Thank you so much for joining us out here. And 
PG, thank, thank you, you for, for, for taking the time. And uh, for yeah, thanks guys. for having me, guys. Always fun. And uh, I hope you guys had a good time. Uh, I I know I did. And uh, uh, we will uh, see you guys uh, out there. And uh, take care. We'll see you later. Bye. Once again, I want to thank Anthony for being the host this week and to David and PG for uh, sharing with us uh, the wonderful world of Survivor. All right. Um, I, I promised you in the, in the cold open uh, that uh, we we do some like ho- more housekeeping. Um, it, here's what I was thinking about. Um, we are making critical steps towards uh, in in. Some of this stuff I think I'm not supposed to say, but I'm going to say it anyway. Uh, critical steps towards uh, forming a 501c3, uh, really doing it. Uh, we are not a charity right now. Um, no matter how much we behave as one, legally we're not. Uh, but um, we're working on making that. So uh, had some good meetings this week uh, that are going to help us move in that direction and uh also have a whole bunch of compliance paperwork that has to be dealt (laughs) with and uh filing for tax status and everything and all that's going on while we're putting the 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 summit the festival together and uh it just never it never ends it absolutely never ends uh just so folks know um if you are part of uh, the, the summit, and a lot of folks listening uh, are, uh, if you have uh, customer service questions, uh, the best place to get those answered is on the NoPro Slack. Uh, there is a summit attendee uh, private channel there, uh, and it's it's private just so that we can uh, you know control the customer service setup, right? It's, it has nothing to do with like secret organizing. No, it's just like people have questions, and this stuff's only pertinent to them, and like I don't want people just running like random like it's it's mission critical stuff it's like someone someone who needs like this code or information or this password to this thing and so that way we just deal with it that way um it's more efficient so um everyone who's in there you can dm them uh you know across and there's plenty of stuff and there's there's public channels and you know maybe we'll do a, a public uh probably the la channel is a great place to organize stuff uh, publicly if you're not on the no pro slack uh bitly bit.ly slash no pro slack will take you to the hero up, which will take you to the sign up, which will take you to the slack. <laughs> Just keep chaining through. Uh, and that's how you get in there. Um, and uh, if you uh, want to know how to join, if you are an attendee, uh, check your eventbrite receipt for instructions, including, uh, I think there's even links in there uh, to get you through and uh, get you into that channel. So uh, there is a process in place. Probably the only, the only one of the few automated processes we have. And that's why I started mentioning this is that just remember, um, I'm doing all the customer service uh, on top of all this stuff. Uh, Catherine's doing a lot of the marketing on top of executive editing the website uh, and uh, the whole USC thing. So um, if if we seem a little slow to respond or distant or if we're just trying to make sure that everyone just like, you know, goes to the where we posted the information, it's because uh, there's just a few people doing this all the time uh and everything's done by hand so nothing's automated um uh, do do me a favor and you know, if we direct you to a channel like I, I highly encourage you to use that channel uh because outside of that channel 
it's going to take longer to get a response. Uh, that's what's done for sanity's sake, because there is a lot going on. Um, and just a, a heads up uh, on, on there's a lot going on uh, for me uh, family-wise right now as well. Uh, so, uh, and, and the timing is not great, but we're going to uh, push through. And But I just want to let everybody know my bandwidth is really just insy, and, and it's going to keep getting insier every year. Uh, and I don't love it. Uh, and I don't mean to be distant, but, uh, we, the operation gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And so it's harder for me to just, you know, be the Noah who's down at the pub. Um, and I miss it, but, uh, when the going gets weird, the weird turns pro and, and pro often means there's this, there's more distance. Um, I get to spend this time with you and, uh. Uh, that doesn't mean we don't want feedback and we don't want to talk about stuff and that we don't want to hear, uh, you know, what you want to hear on the podcast, um, or, or getting the feedback. Uh, you'll, you'll know we've done, we've done a lot of surveys right now. Surveys. That's what, um, that's a big thing that I should have announced at the beginning. Um, the immersive industry report, uh, is going to be put together again this year by Ricky Briganti. And we have a survey out right now. Uh, the industry survey. Uh, you can find it. Uh, I will link it in the show notes. And uh, this is critical information that we need to make the report more valuable. And the report, the 2019 report made the circuit and uh, has been, I think, translated into Chinese um, and all sorts of other stuff and has been super useful and super valuable, uh, whether folks are dealing with investors or dealing with uh, producers who don't understand immersive or dealing with local governments to like make the case for why this work is interesting, important matters, and why it makes business sense, why it makes cultural sense. That's what we aim to do with this thing. Um, and the only way it is truly valuable is if we have the input and the insight of the people who make this work. So please, 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 um, if you are a producer of immersive work, whether that means a permanent installation somewhere or pop-up theater work or LBE VR, whatever it might be, uh, we highly encourage you to uh, take the survey for this year and help make the report even better than last year's report on the data side. Uh, we are going to be taking that audience survey we did and folding information that we gleaned from that into the report this year as well. So all of that's on the deck. You know, just a normal, chill February and March. Just nothing to do, you know. Gonna, gonna watch some TV. Uh, it's kind of good right now. Um, all right. Uh, actually, I did just get a novel. I'm really excited to read it. Uh, the new William Gibson is out. So, you know, taking care, taking care of the brain when I can. Um, that's the stuff. That's everything. Let's do the credits now. The music for No Persinium, of course, is by Chris Porter of the Speakeasy Society. The sustaining backers of No Persinium are Mark Balthazar, Jan Budman, Paul F., Lonnie Hanson, Ari Hurston, Sam Kinkin, Sydney Guillory, Jeremy Charles Hahn, and Brittany. You can join this crusade by going to patreon.com slash no proscenium. I nearly said no proscenium.com slash Patreon. That wouldn't do that would do no good whatsoever. Well, no, 
It would do me no good whatsoever. Patreon.com slash no proscenium. You can contact, of course, uh, contact us, of course. I cannot speak anymore. Um, we Everything we do is at noproscenium.com. If you've got a show, pitches at noproscenium.com or at noproscenium on Twitter or at noproscenium on Facebook or at no underscore proscenium on Instagram. And again, check out the Instagram Um the takeovers are fantastic, and they are uh, a window into the, the the wide world of immersive all around the country and the world. Um, and yeah, that's it. That's everything. Uh, my brain is highly broken, and I've got about 90 phone calls to do this afternoon. And it's Friday afternoon. So uh, I will talk to you next week. And until next time, I'll see you at the show.